Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. All right. You guys doing well today? Good, good. We've had a very uneventful week here at the church. Not much going on. Uh, I do want to give you a <clears throat> quick update about it. Uh, Tuesday we did have a flood here that affected the front part of the building and all of building three in the back. Um, so yeah, that did happen Tuesday. And so it's been a chaotic week here. If you didn't see the pictures, uh, you can take a look at those online. We got some pictures back here. That's why we're having to go through the opposite way. We hope to have at least the foyer up and running next week so we can have a normal uh, service. But uh, yeah, I'm glad you guys are here. It's going to be a very expensive uh, fix, just to be honest with you. Uh, insurance doesn't cover these kind of things. And so, um, yeah, so there you go. It's going to be an expensive fix. Probably honestly going to be anywhere between um, sixty-five dollars and $80,000. So uh, that's how big the thing is. With that said, I'd like to remind you that the offering boxes are right on the back <laughs> behind, <laughs> behind that. All right. Listen, so glad you guys are here. God's faithful. God's, God's, uh, God's got it. We already know God's got it. We're not concerned about it at all. Uh, we really not. Uh, we were Tuesday and maybe part of Wednesday. But then after that, faith kicked in. Um, uh, and uh, and we, we are not concerned about it at all. So I'm just thankful that God has blessed us here. Could have been a lot worse. Uh, could have been a little better, but it could have been a lot worse. Uh, and, uh, and we're thankful that uh, everything was uh, as, as minimal as it was. So but I'm glad you guys are here. Hey, listen, uh, um, I want to tell you what we do on Mother's Day here. We don't, uh, we don't just celebrate moms. We celebrate women in general. We celebrate ladies here at the church. And so I always like to um, put my messages around that, that fact. Uh, and so today will be no different than any, any, other, any other Mother's Day that I've done as far as the message goes. Um, because I do know, and also let me say this, I do know that, that for some uh, it's very difficult. Today's a very difficult day because maybe you've lost your mother. Um, and so I know that uh, some people actually don't come to church on Mother's Day because of that, or they don't come to church on Father's Day because the pain is just so real. And I just want to validate that pain for you, and I want to validate the fact that um, I, I see you, I hear you, I feel the same way on Father's Day. Uh, having lost my, my dad. Um, but I'll tell you, uh, I think today's message will hopefully be encouraging to you uh, as it was encouraged to me as I researched and studied it. So we're going to look at Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. But first I have a question for the guys. Guys, can you imagine a world where women do not exist? No. Can you imagine... A world where women do not exist. Let's take a look at the way this whole thing happened. Starting in verse 18, here's what it says. It says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper, and if you have a Bible, and if you write in your Bible, I want you to circle that word helper. It's very important. We're going to talk about that word helper quite a bit. Circle the word helper. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord formed 
from the ground of all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds in the sky and all the wild animals. But still there was no helper, uh, no helper just right for him. And said, it says this, it says, So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the ribs and he, he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. This explains why a man leaves his father and his mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united in one. Now the man and his wife were both naked, uh, but they felt no shame. I, every time I read the verse there in 23, I always say, he's, I'm going to call her, whoa, man. That's what he's going to call her. That's what he's going to call her. What does the word helper mean? What does the word helper mean? I'm doing a wedding this next weekend. For some reason, another couple has trusted this guy to do their wedding. So here I am living the dream. And I'm doing a wedding this weekend. And so one of the things that I have talked about in the premarital counseling process is that we have uh, there's two different uh, parts of this equation that become one. When you are married, you become one. There's two different parts of the equation. One of the things I want you to see first, though, is this. Everything else in all creation was described as good. I want you to see that. Everything else was described as good. That means that the tree was described as good. The birds were described as good. The fish were described as good, the grass and the deer, and on and on and on. It was all described as good. But one thing was not described as good. And what was that one thing? It was that man was alone. And I want you to notice this. <clears throat> I want you to notice this. God noticed that man was alone. Man did not notice that man was alone first. God noticed that man was alone. And just like in every other case that I've had in my life, God is looking out for you and he's looking out for me. And he notices things that we need and things that he sees in us and things that would help us. And he is constantly pouring into us just like he does here. Now, it took a long time. It took a long time. For, for, I know a lot of people think, well, well you know, Adam's going to name all of, the, all of the, the animals and all the birds and all those things, and that probably took a day or two. No, it didn't take a day or two. It had to take a long time. There's a lot of creatures on the earth. And so one after one after one after one after one, and looking for a perfect helper, one after one after one, until you see Adam, he exclaims, finally, other verses say finally, at last, at last, he exclaimed, this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. God knows what's best for us, and he knew what was best for Adam when he described the helper. The word there, helper, is ezer. It's E-Z-E-R. Now, if you are a fan of hymns, you know that there is a song. Uh, it says, let me raise my Ebenezer. 
Let me raise an Ebenezer. There are churches around. Ebenezer Baptist Church. Ebenezer Methodist Church. Whatever. Well, the word Ebenezer is actually two words combined into one. Eben meaning rock and Ezer meaning this. Helper or rescuer. That's what the word Ezer means. And that's what the woman was described as for the man. Helper or rescuer. It means to be strong and to rescue. It's used 21 times in the scriptures. Two times it's used for women. Three times it's used for a nation that helps Israel in battle. And 16 times it's used for God himself. If you're familiar with Psalm 121 in verse 1 and 2, it says, I will lift up my eyes. Where does my easer come from? Where does my help come from? And it says it comes from the Lord. My help comes from the Lord. So I want you to think about this. And this is something that I want to I get to. Adam had no home. He had no children. He had no laundry uh, room. He had no kitchen. Literally. He had no, uh, no other part of, of, of a living room. Um, he, had, he had no bed to make up. Uh, he had no, you know, he, he was provided the food for him. And yet with all those things, he still needed an easer. He still needed a help. And that is the role at which women will play. And in a minute, we're going to see the importance that God has for women. That's why the scriptures define women as Adam's completer. It was Eve's completer. And here's the first reason why. Here's why. Because women bring a totally different value to life. They do. Women bring a totally different value to life. I am convinced that women carry a sixth sense. Not the kind that see dead people. Not that one. All right? But they do carry a sixth sense. And most of the time, that sixth sense is dealing with emotions. I want to tell you a story. There have been times in my life whenever someone has said something to me that ticked me off, all right? They said something to me that bothered me, and it bothered me a lot, and I let it bother me, and it stirred in me. I was so, you know, kind of ticked off, kind of mad. And I went and I told Wendy, I said, Wendy, this person said this and this and this and this, and this is what they said, and this is how I feel, and blah, 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 blah. And she said this, she said, you know, I think you may be being a little too sensitive. That's not what I wanted to hear. What I wanted to hear is, is, you're right, go get the car, I'm getting the baseball bat, we're going to go whop them upside the head for saying that to you. That's what I wanted to hear. I needed a helper. I needed a helper. I needed a helper in crime, all right, to go show these people what exactly was this and this and this. But here's the truth of the matter. She had a different intuition than I did. And she brought out that in me and over the last almost 29 years now she has brought that out i know our anniversary is only 27 but i'm adding the years we dated don't get mad wendy anyway all of those times she's brought those out in me and it's honestly helped me to see the full range i'm going to tell you i was a hot mess when i met wendy 
I was. I literally brought into the marriage a black garbage bag of clothes and a lamp. That's what I had. And I've told you this before, but there were many arguments that we had when we first got married, and she said, well, you can take your lamp and leave. But I was a hot mess. I was all over the place. I was uh, almost 25 when we got married, and I had literally been to, you could, I could tell you in Tennessee which schools I did not attend for college more than I could tell you which ones I attended, all right? You guys know whenever you have to go, and I've told this before, but you know when you have to go and you have to get transcripts and they're like five or $10 a piece? At one point, I'm not making this up, I spent $85 on transcripts to get them sent to colleges. I had an academic advisor call me and say, is there any more? Is there any more? You should write a book about the quality of education in Tennessee because I, went to, I took a class here and a class there and a class there and a class there. And I was working, and I was doing all these things, and I was a hot mess at times. When she met me, I was a wealthy chap. I was making $6.78 an hour. $6.78. And I look back then, and I'm like, how in the world did we make it on $6.78 an hour in Nashville? We were married, and I was making $6.78. And we were living in kind of an uppity place. No idea how we even got into that place. I hope I'm forming a picture because the first thing that happened when we moved to Nashville, we literally did not have the boxes unpacked. And Wendy said, all right, when are you going to school? Because she knew it was a goal of mine. School's not for everybody. Secretly, it's really not for me either, but I've had to go to get where I wanted. And I had this goal of finishing school. My brothers had finished school, and I had a goal of finishing school. And she said, when are you going to school? And I said, can we not unpack the living room? No, when are you going to school? And she pushed me and pushed me, and eventually I went back to school, and I got that first degree. For some reason, there were things that Wendy saw in me that I didn't see in myself, and she helped me, bring, she helped me realize those things. Women bring a different value to life. This is so, so funny. And um, whenever we first started the church, I said, hey, every cool church has snacks in the morning. And so what I did is, is I would go, and I wouldn't even go like to Dunkin' or, or I, I went to Kroger. You know, and Kroger's got those, or actually it was Walmart. They got those big jumbo, uh, jumbo donuts. And I literally would grab a, th- I remember doing this, I grabbed a thing of orange juice, some cups, and for those of you that were at the first meetings, you remember this, orange juice, cups, and some, some donuts, some in a, literally in a box. And I put a table out, over that it was, a, it was actually a cafeteria table, put it out over there, and I put it out there, and I did that the first week. And people walked up and they were like, is this for us? And I was like, oh yeah, I got donuts. Take, partake, please. And so, and then people were like, well, do we have coffee? And I'm like, I don't think we have coffee, but we have orange juice and donuts. And then the second week happened, and the third week happened, and the fourth week happened. And I was so proud of my orange juice and donuts. And Angela Shonut walked up to me. And she said, hey, I'll do the breakfast stuff. 
And I said, no, I've got it under control. Have you not seen the orange juice and donuts that we have here? And if you know Angeline, you know she has a way with words. She looked right at me and she said, I'll do the breakfast. And the next week I walked in and there was black tablecloths and there was coffee and creamer and forks and knives and there was good food and there was water and there was orange juice and there was milk and there was, and on and on and on. There were little snack juice boxes for the children. And then, the, and, and it was like, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And she looked at me and said, I know. And I said, well, let me know if you ever need donuts. I got you. It's funny because the same thing happened a few weeks ago. This is so funny. And I know I'll, I'll let you behind the scenes of some of our funny things that happened here. But um, we planned a fish fry. And my thought was, was, listen, we planned a fish fry. I don't want to ask people that constantly do things here all the time to help. I don't want them to constantly feel like we're burdening them. And so we had a lot of people that were working. And I said, hey. Staff, we got this. We can do this. And some of the ladies on our staff said, do you need any help with the food? And I said, no, I'll take care of the food. Because my buddy Elijah over there, my buddy Elijah and RJ, we know a lot. I, Elijah's own a restaurant. RJ works in the restaurant field. He provides all the food. And I was like, what could go wrong? All we need, it's a fish fry. We just need fish and fries. All right? and maybe some hush puppies or something, and a few things of ketchup and some tartar sauce, right? And I'll set up the tables, and it'll be great. Well, that Sunday morning came, and the food was cooked very well. The smell, you could smell it when you came in. It was so good. The fish was incredible, everything. And while you guys were in here worshiping, and I was supposed to be preparing my heart to speak, I was panicking in the, in, the cafe, in the gym, in the gymnatorium, cafeterium, whatever it is. I was panicking because it was a disaster. Oh, the food was good, but the presentation was really, really bad. Really bad. I think I had a table and a half for all the food, and Suzanne came back, and Suzanne gave me the look in her eye as if to say, why did I trust you, you idiot? <laughs> and Suzanne is a lot like her husband, and when she sees something that's not right, she immediately jumps on it and sometimes can panic. And I said, okay, everybody, don't panic. And she looked at me again, and she thought, it's time to panic. We are in the land of panic. As a side note, Tuesday, you should have seen Lynn. Lynn's in the back. He just came back in. There was eight Lynn's running around here Tuesday getting this water up. He was here and there, and he was like, choo, choo, choo. he was like the flash uh, here at water. He, he was giving out stuff. It was amazing. I was like, where did all these Lynn's come from? I felt like I was watching the Matrix. Lynn, Lynn's everywhere. But no, we go back in the back, and it was, it was, and, and I had made sure Angela knew. I said, hey, I don't need any help. I got this. And she said, are you sure? I said, I got this. And I went out to Philip, and I said, hey, man, do you think Angela will help me out of a, bump, a crunch? And he said, I don't know, man. You got it. 
Mr. Encouraging. So I was like, okay. So I went up there and I said, would you please, please help me? And she said, I'll take care of it. But next time I said, I got it. I got it. See, the food, the food was good. And the fellowship was good. And you may not have noticed it. But had you walked back before the ladies took over, and let me tell you something, when I say ladies took over, it was like a flock went <laughs> So much so that Tiffany Wood, Jonathan's wife, she was back there. She came up there and she said, there's a whole lot of hens back there. I'm staying up here. All right, they got all, they, they're good. And afterwards, Lynn and I were talking, and, and, and I'm not sure who told Lynn this, but he said, you know, everything with the food was good, the fellowship was good, but what we were doing just lacked a woman's touch. A touch. You see, if I were living on my own and you would come to my house, I would have a recliner, a 180-inch TV, all right, and 15 Bucky's cups in the thing. Wendy and I had an argument one time in Kirkland's because she was like, we need glasses. And I said, we've got glasses. We've got Quick Trip and Nukes and Bucky's, and they're all awesome. She said, I'm tired of the Yeti cups. Can we please get glasses? I said, fine. And she bought glasses for like 15 bucks. And I was like, that's all they were? We could have got this a long time ago. That's it. I still drink out of my Yeti cup. Anyway, but it lacked a woman's touch. It did. It, it lacked that. I could go, I literally could tell you story after story after story after story. But you know what I mean? Women bring a totally different value to life. And I really believe it's the easier part. It's the helper part that comes in. Here's the truth of the matter, you guys. I want to tell you this. I have rarely seen a single father bringing their children to church. But I have seen mothers hauling their babies to worship because they deeply understand the value of God's word and their children being here. Women tend to soften the hearts of men and they hope open up a whole nother dimension for their husbands. They're also more sensitive to God's Holy Spirit Men often will try to work things out and figure things out. But women have this sixth sense. That sixth sense is something that I cannot explain. But I think it's part of that helper, that rescue, that helper. I want to tell you something. Um, I want to tell you something that Jesus did. I know sometimes, you know, sometimes in the, sometimes you go to some of these churches, man, and, and they're like, they're like, you know, women need to be quiet. Women need to blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, dude, if you let your wife dress you a little better, I mean, you know what I mean? You may be happy about it. She may need to be a little more vocal. It's almost like, it's almost like that some people think that the Christian faith and, and being a follower of Jesus presses down women. That's the opposite of the truth. Jesus gave great examples of the importance of women, and I want to tell you those things. They lived in a patriarchal society back then, you guys. They would literally pray. I want you to hear this. When, when, the, when the people would pray... The men would pray, and they would literally say, thank God you did not create me to be a woman. All right? That's what they would say. Now, I've said that prayer before only because I don't think I'd look good in heels. All right? 
But literally, they, have, they would say that prayer. And here's Jesus. Here's what, I want to show you guys what Jesus did. Here's what Jesus did. Let's look at Luke chapter 13, verse 16. I think we may have that up there. Luke chapter 13. I'll bring it up myself. I'm getting the nose from back there. Luke chapter 13, verse 16. So what you have is, is you have a woman that's going to be healed. Okay? Luke chapter 13 in verse 16. Let me find that for you. Here's what it says. It says, But the Lord replied, You hypocrites, each of you works on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your ox and your donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water? This dear woman, and here it is, and this is important, this dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? I want you to understand the importance of Jesus saying, this dear woman, and then calling her a daughter of Abraham. Abraham. Jesus is saying this, I want you to know that even though you may look down on this woman or you may look down on women, they, just like you are a son of Abraham, they are a daughter of Abraham, and thus Jesus said there is equal worth here. There's equal worth. We've seen earlier, if you've been coming, John chapter 4, where there's a woman at the well, she scorned she, her, her, her reputation in town is horrible. She's going to the well at noontime because it was, it was super hot. They would never go. She came by herself. And Jesus begins to talk to her, and she looks shocked because she knows how women were viewed. And the disciples come up, and they're shocked. But here's the thing I want you to know. The first time Jesus proclaimed that he was the Messiah was in John chapter 4 to a woman who was a Samaritan. That's the first time. The woman goes into town. She tells everyone what happened. Women back then, their testimony was not even valid in court. Yet the woman, her testimony was so powerful that it says many believed in Christ after hearing what the woman had to say. Equal value. We know in Luke chapter 7, there's a sinful woman that anoints him. In John chapter 8, there's a woman, and we looked at that a little while back, a woman that's caught in adultery. And these women were seen as less and less, but Jesus viewed them as daughters. Jesus also did this. He allowed women to be part of his traveling teaching ministry, and he allowed them to be disciples of his. In Luke 8, verses 1 through 3, it says that he went from village to village to village. And there were men and there were women with him. And I don't have to tell you, we celebrated Easter recently. It was women who were the first to see the resurrected Christ. Jesus gave us an example of the importance and value of women. Today's Mother's Day, and I always like to end my Mother's Day messages like this, and it's important to me. You do not have to have a child to be a mom, and you do not have to have given birth to be a mom. You do not. 
I watched the NFL draft a few weeks back, and when I was watching the draft, I noticed something, and it was fascinating to me. Every shot that they showed of the players being drafted, every shot, there was an aunt or a mom or someone, some female right there beside those young men that were being drafted. Why? Why is that? Over and over and over and over when they would shoot to the families, it was so amazing to me because they would interview the moms. In the past Super Bowl recently, the Kelsey brothers played against each other. And guess who they interviewed more than anybody? Their mom. Their mom. Why is that? Well, you know why it is. You know why it is. It's the same reason that my son's sitting over here with his mom. He can do no wrong in her eyes. He can't. It's amazing how she can look at another young man and see that he can do no wrong. I do a lot wrong in her eyes. But he don't do any wrong. Seriously, he turned 18, 19 years old, and it was like, all right, well, that's it. Blake's perfect. Okay, well, I'm glad we made that proclamation. But seriously, there's something deep down in the heart of a woman that God has created to be a nurturer and that kind of just brings everything together. I've told you guys the story of when Wendy went out of town for the week. Blake loved it because he was like seven years old and he had Kit Kat, Snickers, Reese's, and Mountain Dew for lunch breakfast every day. We would literally stop by Hall's Grocery on the way to Canongate, and I said, go in there and get you a Snicker bar and a Mountain Dew or something. And he would run in and get it. And he was like, man, I love this breakfast. And Wendy would call and say, hey, is Blake, everything good? Y'all having plenty to eat? And I was like, oh, yeah, man, we're doing really good. Never one time did I touch a stove. Never one, I did not. We had pizza and hamburgers and Chick-fil-A the whole week. And we were happy. We were unhealthy, but we were happy. I don't know about you guys, but I've had plenty of moms in my life. My own, my own biological mom, and happy Mother's Day, Mom, I know you're watching, but I've had a bunch of moms in my life. I've had, mom, I've had spiritual moms in my life. I've had, at every church I've been at, you know what I mean, I've had moms in my life. Miss Schumann back there, she's back there laughing, she told me, this past week, don't call me Miss Schumann, call me Betty. Fine, Betty, I'll call you Betty. And so now I say it as loud as possible. But the truth of the matter is, is that, is that, is that Miss Schumann, Miss Oliphant, and others here, the truth is, Miss Pam over there, they're kind of like my, my mom here in this place. You know? I'm waiting for the birthday and Christmas gifts, but they are... They're kind of like my mom's in this place. They really are. And so I have a deep passion to take care of them. And they see me as their pastor, but I see them as a mom figure in my life. Now, they didn't have me. They didn't adopt me. But they're kind of that. 
and for ladies that are here, you can kind of be that too for other people, no matter what age. Who's been your moms? Who's helped you? Who's guided you? Ladies, my encouragement to you today is this. Don't ever let anyone put you down and don't ever let anyone forget that man was alone and it was your creation, your easer, your rescue that fulfilled the man. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for today. Thank you so much that you have provided these helps. Thank you so much that you have provided. And you saw us, God, you saw Adam there and you said, it is not good for man to be alone. And so you created for him something that completed him. You created a easer, a rescuer, a helper. God, my prayer is, is that you would let us see the value of that which you created. And let us see, God, more than anything out of this, that you love us and care for us, and just like you were with Adam, you were concerned about our loneliness. You were concerned about our well-being. God, we're thankful for you today. And we're thankful for moms. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and sing a final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.